Welcome to the Legally Speaking Podcast. You are now listening to season six of the show. I'm your host, Rob Hanna. This week, I'm delighted to be joined by Hetty Jackson Stops, Luke Harrison, and Emily Jones. Hetty is a partner and mediator at IPOS Mediation. Luke is a solicitor, advocate, and partner at Eden Harrison LLP. Emily is the legal director at Pinson Masons. Hetty, Luke, and Emily are members of the London International Disputes Week, a forward-thinking forum exploring the future of international dispute resolution. The forum represents London's resolution community and demonstrates London's commitment to diversity, inclusion, and the rule of law. London's International Disputes Week encourages debate on key issues to drive awareness and best practices globally. So, a very warm welcome, Hetty, Luke, and Emily. Hi, Rob. Great to be here. Great to have you. And before we dive into all of your amazing projects and experiences to date, we do have a customary icebreaker question here on the Legally Speaking podcast, which is, on the scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very real, what would you rate the hit TV series Suits in terms of its reality? Coming to you first, Hetty, Luke and Emily, get thinking. Over to you, Hetty. Oh, well, is it embarrassing to say I've never seen it? But if it seems glamorous and exciting, it might be quite wide of the mark. I was more of a good wife watcher. Yeah, with, with that, we'll go with a zero and pass the baton to Luke. Have you seen it? And what would you give it? I would say it's probably a seven and a half, I would have thought. But it does depend who you're against. Okay, fair comment. And Emily? Very interesting. So I have never seen it either, I have to confess. So I'm just going to sit on the fence and give it a five. Yeah, I think that's a fair, and I've also given it five when I've been asked about it before. So so let's move swiftly on and talk all about the three of you and, and what you're getting up to. So to begin with, would you mind telling our listeners about your backgrounds and journeys? So Hetty, we'd like to come to you first, then Emily, and then Luke. Okay, well, I started as a trainee at Allen and Overy, where I qualified into dispute resolution, and I worked in arbitration and, and through that developed an interest in international law. So I then went to did a master's in public international law at King's, which was brilliant. Um, I wanted to work for the foreign office as a lawyer, and I'd worked in a big immigration case pro bono whilst at a and I, I was advised to just get into the government legal service, and I ended up in immigration litigation, which was really, really interesting work. Such a big contrast from working for, for a big city firm. And it opened up to me the whole breadth of government legal work. But then I... Well, mediation was in my blood. My father set up a mediation provider and he came to me and said, would you like to come and run IPOS mediation as we're known today? So I came to work for IPOS and to mediate. It offered me a really attractive flexibility with my family life, but also doing something I really believed in, which was having conversations to try and solve disputes rather than taking the adversarial uh, positions. Um, So today I run IPOS and mediate a broad range of commercial disputes. Super exciting. And I, I love that family link because um, whilst I didn't quite emulate my grandfather's footsteps, set up his own law firm, I knew I wanted to do something connected to the, the legal industry. So thanks for, for sharing that. So Emily, would you mind telling us a bit about your background and journey? 
Yeah, of course. So I trained to be a barrister. I did pupillage and then worked for, for many years um, at a commercial set of chambers in, in London. I then took a sort of change of, of approach um, and moved into a, a firm in the city as a professional support lawyer, as it was called there. You know, some firms call it a knowledge lawyer or my current firm, we call it a practice development lawyer. I have been at my current firm, Pinsett Mason's, about six years. And I'm now a legal director in the in the London litigation team leading the department's knowledge team so I've stayed in that knowledge in that knowledge role which is just a really varied role so I do everything from working internally on training awareness of legal developments working on you know improving process efficiencies strategic initiatives externally I work on thought leadership and also supporting clients with their training and and, and knowledge needs so a really yeah a really varied workload and I got involved with London International Disputes which which we're going to talk about in 2021 I think so that's me in a nutshell. No two days are the same. As cliche as it may sound, it's a very varied role that you have there. That's for that's for sure. And and Luke, we'd love to come to you to get your your background and, and journey to. Uh, well, I took the inverted route, I guess, the, coming into the, the city. I, I trained at a regional firm and worked my way up to running effectively what was our commercial disputes team, where we ended up serving seeing a, a lot of clients who were either based in London or from from abroad, so perhaps quite quite international. Um, ultimately took the, the plunge or started to take the plunge in late 2019 and co-found my own firm along with my partner Mark Eden who set up a beauty boutique uh, originally back in 2009. Unbeknown to us there was this thing called the pandemic on its way uh, which struck uh, just in our sort of planning phase but it, it didn't put us off course and we, we started opening the doors started work in 2020 May 2020. We're now three partners, six associates, paralegals and support Team. I became involved in London International Speech Week in 2020, see what that was going to be able to do for London in terms of marketing what we do in London to the world. And um, I, I'm co-chair this year as well as a member of the strategy group. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. And you know, congratulations, you know, going through those times and setting up a firm and uh, to get to where you are today is very, very impressive. And, and you touched on London International Disputes Week. I want to stick with you, Luke, just to delve a little bit deeper um, to explain why was it formed originally? Well, it was, um, I think, 2017, where a, a group of London-based legal practitioners got together and decided that it was going to be a good idea to, to work collaboratively to expand the pie for those of us who practice in London and export our services around the world. There were other disputes weeks or arbitration weeks, but because London is a hub not only for international arbitration, but also for litigation, the view was taken that uh, London International Disputes Week should be an international disputes week as opposed to an international arbitration week. There are now uh, 60 uh, member firms and the ethos of London International Disputes Week is, is one of cooperation, uh, one of collaboration, working together. Very, very important that, that, that it has roots in diversity um, and, and is, is, is not just solely about promoting uh, the services that we provide in London, but it's about promoting how we in London can help other jurisdictions to uh, improve upon their, uh, their own uh, legal systems, uh, their own skills, etc., and empower them to work on improving the rule of law in their, in their jurisdiction. 
I love that. And it's one of the things that's a core value of mine, as I always repeat on the show for, for why I do what I do, which is to build a kind, collaborative and thriving legal community. And as one of my mentors said to me, collaboration is dominant. So I absolutely love the the ethos of that. So, you know, I'd love to, to, to come to you, Emily. How did you get involved with London International Disputes Week? And then Hetty would love to, to hear from you, Arthur. Yeah, so I, I mean, I attended the the first London International Disputes Week a few years ago now, you know, just as a delegate and someone from a from a member um, firm, and and yeah, just love that collaborative ethos of people coming together to talk about the big issues of of, of the moment in in the world of, of dispute resolution. I then fast forward to the virtual LIDW that took place in 2021 because of the pandemic, and I was involved in organising an event that our firm and others ran as as part of of that. And around that time, expressed an interest to the organisers in in being more closely involved um, and was asked to join the the strategy group then. So last year's event, 2022, was the first conference in which I was really closely involved in in organising. And it's just been a great experience, really, to to be involved with people like Luke and Hetty and the rest of the the strategy group on on, on putting it all together. Yeah, I think it's fantastic what you've achieved. And, And Hetty? Well, I came to LIDW after the first iteration in 2019. Uh, I became aware of it quite late in the day and then started asking where mediation was in the programme because litigation and arbitration were well represented and I felt that mediation wasn't really there. And of course, having stuck my head above the parapet and asked the questions, I was invited or roped in to wear the ADR hat on the organising committee from 2022. So I was involved last year in organising it. And it's been brilliant. I mean, we don't often as mediators get a chance to collaborate in such a broad way with others. And so for me, it's just fantastic to be working with colleagues and collaborating with them on on pulling together this great event. Yeah, and it, it is a fantastic event. And I want to stick with you, Hetty, as well, because we have we have people that are aspiring to get into the legal community, people currently practicing legal, and people generally interested in the world of legal. So could I ask a quick question, and then we'll get back to the um, LIDW. What is the difference for people who may not be familiar with litigation, arbitration, and mediation? How does that fit in terms of any sort of differences, just to explain to our listeners? Well, as a litigation is involving disputes that go to court, arbitration disputes that either have usually prior agreement go to arbitration, which is essentially a private um, tribunal. And mediation is where you bring a third party neutral in to facilitate a conversation between two or more parties in dispute. Um, And it is a a more dynamic process because it doesn't have rules in the way that court or arbitration might have and can be set up at any point before or during the litigation or arbitration process. Thank you for for sharing that, explaining that so simply. It's really nice when you get answers that are easy to understand and digest. And and sticking with you, I promise, uh, Hetty, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay off you in a moment. But would you mind just telling us um, some of the the aims of the uh, LIDW and and generally the the overall ethos? Yeah, absolutely. So it's an organized LIDW is an organization which puts on an annual conference, and this year it's taking in place between the 15th and the 19th of May in London, bringing together all stakeholders in the dispute resolution landscape. So that's lawyers and judges, arbitrators, academics, government officials, and clients, of course. It very much has an international outlook, and it's looking to promote Limburg as a leading centre for the handling of disputes, whether, whether in litigation, arbitration, or mediation. And 
we are representing the interests of all those who who take part in that community and aiming to bring the international community into London to see what London has to offer in terms of uh, dispute resolution. Yeah, and I'm excited. And I have to say, it's a tremendous team effort putting this all together. So Luke, we'd we'd like to come back to you on on, on talking about themes, because um, the theme for 2023 is adapting to a changing world. Why did you choose specifically to choose that theme? Well, I think the the last three years have have involved unprecedented change, uh, or certainly some of the greatest change we've seen in our lifetimes. And and probably in the last hundred years, we've had a, a once in a hundred year pandemic. Uh, there's been a land war in Europe and significant economic uh, turmoil, inflation, etc. So uh, the world the world has changed, and that means that those of us involved in the resolution of disputes um, uh, need to change and adapt to the way we operate. But in addition to those sort of macro economic, macro political factors, the world is changing in other ways too. Uh, we're seeing very significant advances in technology with the blockchain, cryptocurrency. And then more latterly, software like ChatGPT, which which adds to the existing technologies that disputes practitioners have been using, such as e-discovery, online hearings, online bundling, and, and that sort of thing. So there is a lot uh, for people to learn. There's a lot of change, positive change, that can be harnessed for the benefit of uh, our clients and for the benefits of society as a whole. And that is really what the title of this year's week encapsulates. It's It's the fact that we all need to adapt to that changing world. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as I, you know, I didn't always say, but I like to quote that, you know, the only constant in life is change. And I think, you know, we do live in this uh, evolution of um, of tech. And, you know, I think we're in a, an age where we're going to see the exponential increase in adaptation of tech be far greater than we've seen ever before. Like you say, with a lot of those technologies and someone who's quite passionate about Web3 and various other things, I'm excited and I'm on the embrace bus. So what topic, sticking with you, Luke, do you think you'll be at the centre of the discussion and forum? Just tell us a little bit more. Uh, well, I think certainly the area of sanctions is, is going to be very important and how sanctions interact with uh, the way in which we resolve disputes where parties are subject to sanctions sanctions themselves or where uh, the opponent is, is subject to sanctions. I think in addition to that, the sessions that are taking place on technology are going to be very important. There's a, there's a lot of interest in the use of artificial intelligence and how that may ultimately become more involved in making decisions that, that actually resolve disputes on an automated basis. So I read the other day that there's a suggestion that the lawyer's role will morph from uh, being involved in the adjudication procedure to essentially programming the software that will uh, resolve uh, disputes. I think we're a long way away from that, but I think it's, um, it's not possible to avoid that it's coming down the track. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, I encourage people to get excited, not scared when they hear things like that. Time for a short break from the show. Are you looking for a way to get your firm working more efficiently and profitably while ensuring a better work-life balance for your team? Well, if you haven't considered our sponsor, Clio, I'm here to strongly recommend that you do. I absolutely love working with Clio. Not only is it the world's leading legal practice management and legal client relationship management software, it also has a really solid core mission to transform the legal experience for all. Something I personally support. What sets Clio apart for me, it's their dedication to customer success and support. 
There are lots of legal softwares out there, but I know from talking to Clio users that their support offering is miles ahead of the rest with their 24-5 availability via email, in-app chat, and over the phone. Yes, you can actually call in and speak to someone. Clio is also the G2 crowd leader in legal practice management in comparison to 130 legal practice management softwares and has been for the last 14 consecutive quarters. G2 Crowd is the world's leading business solutions review website. You can check Clio's full list of features and pricing at www.clio.com forward slash legally dash speaking. That's www.clio.com forward slash legally dash speaking. Now back to the show. So Emily, um, coming to you, um, what are the plans for IMLIDW this year and what content have you got organized for participants? Just tell us a little bit more. Well, we've got a, a very full week of content lined up. So I'll, I'll, give, I'll, I'll talk about just, just some of it and you, you, can, you can stop me if I'm, I'm talking for too long, but it's going to be a very full week. So we, we start on the Monday of the week with our International Arbitration Day, where those interested in international arbitration can gather at a hub of, of three firms, which are within walking distance of each other in the city, Mayor Brown, Alan and Overy, Herbert Smith, Freehills, to, as we put it, follow the arbitration disputes sun across key regions and, and jurisdictions. So that will there will be sessions exploring recent developments in relation to a variety of regions and their connections to, to English law and, and to arbitration seated here. So there'll be sessions focusing on Europe, North America, India, China and Southeast Asia, Latin America and, and, and so on. And then on the Tuesday, we have what we refer to as our LIDW main conference or, or core conference. Um, and on that day, we focus on what we talk about as sort of holistic dispute subjects. So those subjects that are of, of relevance to dispute practitioners of, of all types and all areas of focus. So that's the day when you know, we'll be having a panel as Luke says, about how the metaverse and AI are going to change practice. That's been really interesting because I think, you know, when we started planning that session, ChatGPT hadn't even been launched. So, you know, we've, we, that, that, has, um, that session has developed even since we started talking about it, um, which really kind of illustrates the, the, the changing world that we're talking about. We're going to have a session which is about the role of the in-house disputes lawyer, what are the priorities for in-house disputes lawyers and, and what that means for private practice, which I think will be a really popular session because, you know, it's a real opportunity for those in private practice to hear what our clients really want. We are going to have a session on the role of the judiciary as the world changes, where a panel comprised entirely of judges from around the world who form part of the Standing International Forum of Commercial Courts or CIFOC come together and, and talk about how their role is changing, how they're shaping the development of, of the law. And also things like a discussion session on the Mindful Business Charter litigation guidance, um, which has recently been launched. Um, so, you know, taking a healthier approach to, to dispute resolution. So a really, really wide variety of, of topics. We've also got keynote speeches from Lord Newberger, president, former president of the um, UK Supreme Court, and from Deborah Enix Ross, who's president of the American Bar Association. So it's a really, I think, a really exciting 
line up for that day. And then on top of that, we've got the rest of the week, Wednesday to Friday, uh, when we have our member hosted events taking place all around the city where groups of, of firms and other LIDW member organisations collaborate together to put together topics which are I guess more specific to particular practice areas or or particular issues of relevance to the organizations delivering them so yes lots going on yeah it sounds it sounds like it's going to be lots of lots of fun and lots of uh, great content and I just want to kind of go back to understanding a bit about the, the structure because in previous years like in 2021 there were virtual sessions and then with the opportunity to hear from leading experts discuss the ever ever changing shall we say landscape of international dispute resolution in 2022 it was the first time a whole day was dedicated to international discussions across different jurisdictions so what's the structure for this year and why have you decided to plan it like that specifically and is it going to be a hybrid in person tell us more yeah so we've we've refreshed some things from from last year and kept some other things we've really reflected on on feedback from from last year and previous years and our own thoughts in the strategy group about what worked well and where there was a need for for perhaps a slightly different approach this year so as i mentioned the week is going to open again with our international day and we think that's a structure which works because it really reflects the the international nature of 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 the event and the international outlook of london as a as a hub for resolving disputes and so sort of sets the tone i guess for the rest rest of the week um you know last year 35 percent of our attendees were were international and you know we think and hope that 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 will grow so that as I say, sets the sets the tone. This year, that day, I think is going to have well, it'll have an even stronger arbitration focus than it had um, last year. We're very mindful across the week of the need to cater for attendees who are interested in all forms of of international dispute resolution. And for that day, in order to fully cater for the the needs of our attend of our attendees who are international, the day will be staggered across time zones so that's that's the structure of, of that day then on the tuesday we have our core or main conference which i've mentioned that's going to be just one day this year last day last year it was two um and again that that responds to to feedback but we're still packing in loads of great content as well as good networking opportunities and then we've got three full days on the wednesday thursday friday of of our member hosted event and this year members are being given really increased autonomy um freer reign to come up with their own topics for the sessions that that they want to run and we'll have many more member hosted events than we did last year we've got it quite apart from anything else we've got an extra day for them because the the main conference is only one day and really all of that reflects our wish and and feedback that it was really important to encourage autonomy to give them the LIDW members autonomy so that the conference continues to be something which you know reflects the topics which our members want to want to talk about and and, and are interested in so format wise a lot of the events will be run still on a hybrid basis you know we very much hope that people will take the opportunity to get together in in person and um you know certainly I think that one of the big benefits of, of LIDW is that opportunity and last year there was great energy when people you know came back together in person after so long without many of these sorts of events but we recognize some people can't and we have an international audience as I've said so that's the basic structure and some of the thinking that's gone into why we're doing it the way we're doing it and of course there'll be lots of lots of networking opportunities during all of those days and in the evenings and then we will go home and have a rest at the weekend. 
a very well deserved rest. And and Luke, would you like to to add on that? And then I also have an additional question for you. What are you personally most looking forward to this year? And then I'd love to come to Hetty. Yes, um, I, I was just going to mention that this year we've um, gone to considerable lengths to uh, recruit a number of international supporters. So these are drawn from the leading international dispute resolution organisations in countries from um, Chile to Vietnam to Peru to uh, various European countries, um, USA, Africa, etc. And um, the reason for uh, reaching out to them is that we are keen to drive the number of um, attendees from other jurisdictions. And so they are essentially promoting the LRTW agenda to their members through their own channels and often in their own language where it's a foreign language jurisdiction. So we're very much hoping that, that, that those efforts are going to be driving greater attendance from, from practitioners from, from abroad. Uh, we're hosting uh, those institutional supporters along with our sponsors um, on the Friday. Uh, so again, it's just part of our effort to build those relationships on, on, on behalf of London. And what are you most looking forward to? What am I most looking forward to? Well, um, I'm actually looking forward to a session on the May uh, or conference, uh, which is um, essentially a session of a number of CFOC judges. CFOC is the Standing Forum of International Commercial Courts. And there's a session on the development of judge-led law in context of uh, ESG type disputes, um, so environmental, social and governance related disputes, which is a very hot topic. And um, in common law jurisdictions, um, this is an area of law that is ten tended to be developed by the judges because it's often too much of a hotbed for the politicians to legislate on. So very much looking forward to that, that session. Yeah, it sounds super, super interesting. And uh, how about yourself, Hetty? What are you most looking forward to uh, this year? Well, it's quite a difficult decision because um, I've, I've been organising the member-hosted events along with my colleagues, and we've had over 100 proposals for different topics. So there is a really broad range of topics. So we've got everything from art to aviation, ESG, class action, discrimination, everything, and, and, and also some hot topics that we've already touched on already. Luke's mentioned tech, crypto, and the impact of tech on the way we actually do our business. Um but as I said before, I think mediation can be a solitary occupation. So, you know, we deal with the most recent dispute and then we move on. And so it, LIDW really gives me the opportunity to get a feel for the topics and trends that are current among law firms and chambers in London and the ones that are the big issues on the horizons and to, to broaden my own horizons. Yeah, I, I I love the sort of open mindset. And I just love the whole from speaking to all of you, this sort of community, if you like, and I know it's an overused word, but I can really hear it and see that you're well gelled and wanting to to put on a really class um, event. So I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, you mentioned, um, Hetty, there's a, something for everyone, if you will. What, is there anything specifically for maybe some of the, the younger um, practitioners or people maybe starting slightly earlier on in their careers? I think for those who are at the start and still not quite sure where their niche might be, it's a great opportunity to see the breadth of dispute resolution. They've got lots of chance to network, but also a lot of chance to, to, to learn about topics that they might not know anything about, such as aviation or, or art or crypto. So I, there's a lot of opportunity to really expand one's knowledge. And I think when I started my career, there wasn't that opportunity to get that broad view of everything. So I think that's a 
just dipping in and out of different sessions and coming to the main conference in Sigden and hearing about the big issues, I think will provide provide a great intro to, to dispute resolution. Yeah, and I, I encourage people that, you know, we have a lot of people looking to get into a career in legal, listen to the show. Do, you know, don't be overwhelmed by what you're hearing. Go in there and experience it and learn and be curious and meet some 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 great minds. And uh, Luke, we'd love to come back to you because I'm sure this event was named after me. You have the Young and Young at Heart event. Can you tell us more uh, about it? Well, you can tell this event has been uh, designed by lawyers, or at least the title <laughs> contains both a subjective and an objective test. I have to say, I, I think I will uh, get my ticket on the basis of the, the subjective test that I feel young at heart. Um, whether I qualify for the latter, I, I don't know. Um, but this year, as in uh, 2019, um, the uh, young and young at heart, or the Yaya event, features law rocks. So there will be um, bands and possibly a DJ after uh, at the Vinegar Yard on South Bank. Tickets include your drinks and some food, probably from some pizza van or something trendy like that. And um, there are over uh, 200 tickets available for that event. So it's one that I would encourage uh, those that qualify to, um, to sign up for. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure they'll go quick. So I encourage people to take uh, action quickly. Um, and Emily, you, you've spoke so, so brilliantly earlier about sort of the structure and, and the contents. You know, I always say to people, turning up is great, but it's really, and it, knowledge is great, but applied knowledge and really learning is, is important. So, you know, what learning opportunities are people really going to be able to get from uh, during the um, LIDW? Anything you would like to hammer home? Well, I just think, again, it's the point that Hetty was making about the the vast array of different types of disputes topics that are they're going to be being spoken about during the week. So there really will be an opportunity for people to really take a look and find out about perhaps areas of dispute resolution that they don't know anything about or they, you know, they they thought were quite a niche area, but they're interested to see being discussed on the on the programme and, and get that opportunity to, to find out more about and, and really learn what the, the, the big hot topics are that, that are being covered a, a lot across the week. That will really, you know, teach people a lot about about trends and about the things that they really they really need to to know about so you know I, I just and I think that that increased range of member hosted events that we're having this year will really will really add to that because it will just add once again to the the diversity of the, of the topics that are on offer so yeah I think all I can really say is for for people you know wanting to to learn I guess at any stage of of, of their career to take a look at, at what we're we're running and and, and sign up for things yeah, absolutely. Let, let's encourage that. And I actually disagree with what I'm about to say because everyone says it's not what you know, it's who you know. I actually strongly disagree with that because I think it's who knows you that actually matters. But this leads on to my question for the three of you and love to come to you, Hetty, because, you know, what is your approach to networking and what would be your advice to someone coming to, you know, the LIDW for the first time, maybe a little bit nervous, but wanting to network? I think that word network is terrifying when you are walking into a room full of strangers and wondering how on earth you're going to have that first conversation. So I think you need to look at networking as making friends and work out if you can help people by introducing them to others or following up afterwards. Quite a good way of doing it is trying to have a question answered from the floor at an event, because if you can get that going, then you're showing yourself as somebody who's thinking about a subject and then 
often people come up to you afterwards, say, well, I agreed with you on that, or I didn't agree with you on this. So you're starting that conversation. So I think it's that. And I think you, it almost sometimes has to be as basic as, gosh, it's cold outside, or is it raining? You just got to get the conversation going, and, and then you're away. Yeah, I, I really like the the question idea because it's a great way to show that you know you, you're actively engaged. You're adding something to the conversation and drawing interest to you, so people may actually want to to chat with you. Uh, Luke, what are your sort of um, tips or approaches when it comes to to networking? I think I would just say go with the flow. LIDW is intended to be a relaxed environment, an enjoyable environment, an environment where um, knowledge is fostered, relationships are built. I don't think people need to too, try too hard. I, I would just put yourself. Uh, in in the venues um, and and enjoy yourself for the week. Yeah, absolutely. Have fun. It's one of the things that I always like to say to people, have fun in whatever you do. And Emily, how about you? Was there any sort of things you would suggest or want people to know before going in? In terms of networking, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I would just, I would, I, I would echo what what Luke and Hetty have both said. You know, just just talk to people, find out what they do, what are they seeing in their work at the moment, or what are they seeing in their jurisdiction at the moment. Just ask questions in the way that you would if you met anyone in any context. You know, that those are the best ways of of building relationships. Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, I like to be a, a little bit of a hard, hard taskmaster to our listeners. I want to educate and in, inspire. Think about it. There's going to be a lot of stuff on social media. There's going to be a lot of announcements, a lot of content. And you're going to be seeing who's engaging in that content, who's attending. You'll be able to get a lot of due diligence on people, looking at their profiles, what they're enjoying, what they're doing. And you can create a stack of questions before going in. Because as we'll know, and I'm sure my guest today will attest to, the more prepared you are, the better you can be in any scenarios. So do that research to get as much value out of the event or if there's particular things about the metaverse and how that may impact, you know, go with a real insightful question because it's a great way to stand out. So this has been fabulous. And I want to ask one final question, if I may, to pick your brains one more time. And it's more a general question about careers advice. You know, what advice would would you give to those wanting to start a career in dispute resolution, knowing that we're in 2023 and the times ahead in terms of how the industry may change? So we'd love to come to you first. Hetty, then Emily, then Luke. I think in dispute resolution, I think it's important to work out whether you are interested in the underlying thing that you might be um, dealing in disputes in. I think, you know, some people find being talking about art, for example, is more interesting than a financial product. And I think in another life, I might have specialized in art disputes because I think it would make my conversation more interesting, I think, than if I was talking about some leveraged finance project or something. But also don't forget about the public sector. It's got a really interesting cases, lots of career progression and responsibility, which you might not get in the first instance in a big city firm. I really enjoyed my time working for the government legal department. And there is a whole range of uh, departments there that you will never have heard of, but are really interesting. And I think you've just got to keep up on the tech looking forwards. You've got to, you know, I think you've got to begin to understand crypto if you don't already and AI and tech and, and really see what that might be happening. I was talking to somebody the other day about how dispute resolution is going to be asynchronous. You know, there are courts in Alaska where they will be holding trials at different times. There won't be a live trial. It'll be asynchronous dispute resolution, a lot of it happening online. So I think you need to be able to sort of talk the language. As mediators, we always talk about being able to talk the language. You might not be an expert in a particular area, but if you can talk the language and have those conversations at a high level, that will get you ahead. Yeah, really good advice. And thank you so much uh, for sharing that. Emily, what would be your advice for starting a career in dispute resolution? 
Well, I think, and a lot of this actually follows on from some of what we've discussed already, is is about understanding the the breadth of the careers that can exist within dispute resolution. Um, you know, there there are so many different roles now. You know, solicitors, barristers, both in private practice and in house, mediators, obviously experts in all different fields, legal technology specialists. I agree that the legal technology piece is absolutely crucial. Business development professionals, litigation funders. So, so many different roles and so many routes to those different roles. So I think just having that that awareness of all the different paths there are and, and, and again, speaking to people so that you understand what the possible routes to those to those careers might be is just incredibly valuable. Yeah, no, absolutely. And really well said once uh, once again. And uh, Luke, what would be your um, advice? And if I could ask you as well, um, for our listeners, if they want to learn more about London International Disputes Week, if there's a, a best way to get in touch or any social media web links, feel free to shout them out. So uh, yeah, feel free to share your wisdom and, and, and go there forth. Thank you. Um, well, I'm going to take it from a, a, a narrower perspective. So in terms of the role of a solicitor rather than some of the other uh, wider professions. Um, and I think there are two important functions that solicitors start, particularly in, in complex dispute resolution. Um, number one is marshalling the facts. Um, cases are generally won or lost on the facts, whether they be facts that are ascertained from witness evidence, subject to challenge on cross-examination if things go to trial, or whether they be facts that arise from, from documents. Um, so the, the facts are critically important and and only once you ascertain the facts that you can really give credible advice to what the legal merits are. Um, the second is project management um, and being able to manage a number of different streams, the use of technology, uh, procuring advice from the bar on various different aspects of the dispute, uh, managing experts, and as I said, marshalling all the documents and facts um, is, 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 is critical. So but th- those really, I think, are, are the most important skills that, that I, th- I think practitioners look for when interviewing more, more junior practitioners for, for roles. In terms of where you can learn more about um, LRDW, well, we've got a number of social media channels. Uh, there's LRDW on Twitter and on LinkedIn. I would suggest follow those. There is also the website LRDW.co.uk, which is a link to the 2023 site on there. That's also a good place to keep up to date with uh, what's happening, uh, the uh, various events uh, that are, are being added to the program, and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I, I would encourage people to definitely follow because events are coming thick and fast and changes. And, you know, as I mentioned, the only constant is change. And I think it's great that you're providing such up-to-date and on the whole content. So it just leads me to say thank you ever so much to Hetty, Emily and Luke for, for being my guest today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the Legally Speaking podcast. So on behalf of all of our team, we'd like to wish you lots of continued success with the LIDW and your future careers and pursuits. But for now, from all of us over and out. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you like the content here, why not check out our world-leading content and collaboration hub, the Legally Speaking Club, over on Discord. Go to our website, www.legallyspeakingpodcast.com for the link to join our community there. Over and out.